Hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of Forgotten Books. I am the greedy reader and this is my podcast where I bring you books that were written long ago and have somehow vanished from public memory. Today's forgotten book is The Ice Candy Man written by Babsi Sidwa and published in 1988. The name of the novel was later changed to Cracking India which makes sense actually because it touches upon the issue of partition. But I must say that I prefer the original name because it gives a character to the book. It makes the reader think about why that name has been chosen and who the ice candy man is. So first, a little bit about the author. Babsi Sidwa is a Pakistani writer who is based in the US. And the Ice Candy Man is her third novel and considered her best work. Her other novels include uh, The Crow Eaters, The Pakistani Bride, The American Brat and Water. She writes mainly about the Parsi community and she was the first Pakistani writer to get international acclaim. The main protagonist in Ice Candy Man, our book of today, is a child. And uh, that child is roughly based on Sidwa herself. Partition had happened when she was a child. And her experiences are also included in what Lenny goes through. So now, coming to the book. The Ice Candy Man is set in pre-independence Lahore from the years 1942 to 1948. It offers a unique perspective of the horror that was partition of the subcontinent. The narrative is in the first person from the point of view of a child, a Parsi child called Lenny Sethi. She stays with her parents and a retinue of servants in Lahore. And there are moments in the narrative when the words she uses seems too grown up for a child. But by then we are so caught up in the story that this seems a trivial point. The author gives us a glimpse of the partition through the eyes of this child as we follow her life in the years leading up to partition and beyond. And through the story, Lenny grows from a child to a preteen, and along with her, we see the changes that happen in a country that is being torn into two. So, Lenny is a four year old in Lahore, the year is 1942. She is leading a comfortable, privileged life in a lovely house in Lahore. Her family is wealthy and so she does not want for anything. She has other family members living close by, uh, one of whom is her godmother and whose house is a refuge for Lenny. And this is what Lenny says about that. Quote, Flying forward, I fling myself at Godmother and she lifts me onto her lap and gathers me to her bosom. I kiss her, insatiably, excessively as she hugs me. She is childless. The bond that ties her strength to my weakness, my fierce demands to her nurturing, my trust to her capacity to contain that trust and my loneliness to her compassion, is stronger than the bond of motherhood. 
more satisfying than the ties between men and women. Unquote. Lenny is a child who has been afflicted by polio and she has to wear braces on her leg due to that and she is unable to walk without support. And the doctors have advised Lenny's parents not to send her to school and she is tutored at home. And Lenny is often a very typical child though she spends so much of time along with adults. So for example, she likes to have an abnormal foot because she feels it gives her a lot of attention. In a weird way, she does not want to be cured because she feels she won't know how to exist without that attention that she gets. So that's Lenny for you. And Lenny has an Aya to take care of her. The Aya is 18 years old and from Punjab. She's a Hindu from Punjab. Aya and Lenny are the main protagonists in the story and it is events that happen in their lives that takes the story forward. So Lenny's mother is caught between anxiety for her child and a kind of busyness uh, in her life that Lenny sometimes sees as disinterest. The father is always busy with his work and there is a kind of tension between the father and mother at times because the mother is you know, slightly extravagant which makes the father slightly angry and they have words between them and this disturbs the child. There are other characters in the house who add to the colour of the narrative. There's Imam Deen who's the cook. And uh, another thing is that we see a mingling of religions and castes in this household. Shanta, Lenny's Aya, is a Hindu. Imam Deen, the cook, is a Muslim. Then there's Hari, who is a high caste Hindu. Then there's a gardener, Mucho, who's considered an outcast. And he stays with his wife, Papu, and his child. So these are the characters who are there in the house. So Lenny's uh, infirmity makes her dependent on Aya. And Aya takes Lenny everywhere in a pram. And they are more or less left alone by her parents. And Lenny's relationship with her Aya is the thread of the story. Aya is fearless and friendly and beautiful. And initially, Lenny's world is confined to her home and that of her godmother. And it is Aya who takes Lenny further to the park and the zoo. And it is Aya's interactions with other people that shows Lenny more about the world she lives in. Aya has a bevy of admirers from all religions. There's a Hindu masseur who Aya is attracted to. Then there's a witty and dashing ice candy man who is besotted by Aya. He is a Muslim. And it is through their conversations that Lenny's worldview is formed. She gets to know about the political turmoil and how it affects the common man, be it Hindu, Sikh or Muslim. These men, these admirers of Aya who flock around her when they come to the park, you know, these men talk not only about politics, but also about mundane, everyday things. What's happening around, you know, what's happening in the neighborhood, where they should go and eat and what people are getting up to. All these things are being discussed there. And that is how Lenny gets to know about the lives of other people. So in spite of her disability, we see Lenny leading a life that's rich in experience. She sees life as it is, because the world she inhabits is that of adults. So nothing is sugar-coated for her and she's not talked down to. 
so a couple of years go by this way lenny is living a very protected life in her house she goes out to the zoo to the park she meets all these people who come to see aya she goes to her godmother's house so all this is happening but in the outside world things are coming to a head lenny is confronted by the reality of partition by the looming reality of partition which later actually leads to partition and this too is seen through the incidents that happen in the lives of people close to her there are family members of lenny who gives us a unique perspective of partition through the eyes of the parsi community in lahore the mundane events in lenny's life is offset with the brutality of partition some of the descriptions are chilling and babsi sidwa is able to convey a menacing brutality through her quiet words here's an example quote the radio announces through the crackling there have been reports of trouble in gurdaspur the situation is reported to be under control which means there is uncontrollable butchering going on in gurdaspur unquote another quote quote funny things are happening inside the old city stabbings either the police can't do anything or they don't want to a body was stuffed into a manhole in my locality it was discovered this morning because of the smell a young good looking man unquot so we see this horror against humanity playing out where people forget their friends partners and butcher them here's another quote quote it is sudden one day everybody is themselves and the next day they are hindu muslim sikh christian people shrink dwindling into symbols aya is no longer just my all encompassing aya she is also a token a hindu unquot so initially people try to be kind they are thinking rationally as is reflected in this sentence quote but our relationships with the hindus are bound by strong ties the city folk can afford to fight we can't we are dependent on each other bound by our toil to us villagers what does it matter if a peasant is a hindu or a muslim or a sikh unquote but soon stories of massacres and rape start trickling in people hear about their friends and relatives being harmed and then the madness grips everyone friends turn on each other and it's heartbreaking and we also see lenny's life being directly affected when ice candy man comes with a mob to lenny's house and this incident has far reaching consequences and her life is changed forever her world collapses and a very important person vanishes from her life in fact it's an act by lenny herself that leads to a terrible tragedy here we also see how parsi women try to work quietly to rehabilitate women who have been abducted and assaulted lenny's mother and godmother together save the lives of many very secretly of course since their own lives could be in danger if word got out 
So in the story, we see Lenny as a very objective observer. As a child, she has no affiliations to any group. As a Parsi, she's exposed to the discussions in a community that decides to stay neutral. Moreover, she gets to see the harmony among ordinary people of different religions when she observes her ayah's admirers and how they mingle comfortably with each other. And then she also sees how these same people are transformed into entirely different entities when they become part of mobs. This is a deeply moving story that talks about the extremely brutal effects of partition how it turned men into mindless murderers and the trauma that women went through because of the rapes and assaults, the tragedy that befell women who were abducted because not only did they have to endure the abuse, but they were considered fallen by their own people and not accepted back. So tragedies on many levels, tragedies on a massive scale, and again and again, I'm struck by how much women are affected and how women are used as weapons. And women, women are used to make a point by assaulting them, by raping them, by attacking them. So that is something that struck me when I read this book. And I've been, I've been reading a lot of books about war recently. And everywhere, you know, it is heartbreaking to see how women are affected by something in which they had no hand at all. It has far-reaching consequences on them, on on their children, and it is, uh, you know, it is. I think it is something that has to be addressed somewhere, somehow. Anyway, coming back, that was the Ice Candy Man for you, the forgotten book of today. It's a beautifully written novel, and it is both beautiful and disturbing, and it's also quite haunting. I'm sure at least some of you will end up reading this. It's the weekend and I hope that you guys have planned to keep some time for yourself. A little bit where you can do what makes you happy. A tiny parcel of time which you give yourself. And in the middle of all the wonderful chaos of life, don't forget to get a book in your hand and read. That was the end of this episode of Forgotten Books. If you have any feedback or if you want to have a conversation about books, do message me on Instagram where I am the greedy reader or message me on my website www.thegreedyreader.com or else, yes, you have one more option. You can contact me on my YouTube channel, The Greedy Reader. I'd love to hear from you. It's time for me to say goodbye. And it's time for you to go back to your lives, sending lots of love your way. Until we meet again next week, take care, keep safe, bye-bye.